Well, we got ourselves another victory. The New York Giants are 7-2. and two. It was an ugly victory, but when you've been losing for so many years, a victory is a victory. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about, good and bad, on this podcast episode. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. So the Giants won against the Texans. Um, ultimately, as I mentioned on Friday's show, I had a bet with one of my loyal supporters, and now he has the New York Giants logo um, as his YouTube profile pick and his Twitter profile pick. So uh, shout-out to Tony for being a good sport. But, man... Um, First thoughts, I feel like the offense could have threw the ball a little bit more. Uh, great job at times, probably about 90% of the time, sticking with Saquon in the running game. Uh, I think he got about 4.3 yards per carry in the game, which, you know, you, you look at it, it's like, it's all right. Um, he had 35 carries. We're going to get a lot into that. Dexter Lawrence, man, he better have a Pro Bowl nomination at the end of this year, even though I don't think there's a Pro Bowl, you know, game. He is just lights out. And I said it in the preview. I said, listen, our edge rushers are not going to get home. Um, you know, Thibodeau against Tunsil. He got held a few times. Of course, the refs still don't know how to throw the flag. You know, you could literally take the, the hanky out of the pocket and just go boom. Um, but they don't want to destroy the narrative. And maybe you could call me a conspiracy theorist Giants fan, but they don't want to destroy the narrative of Laramie Tunsil uh, being one of the best tackles in the league and getting beat by a first-round edge rusher who has only one sack on the season. Um, obviously, you know, Quincy Roche, I believe, was inactive. Jihad Ward and O'Shane, O'Shane Zimenez, man. Um, you know, even though that counted as an incomplete pass, uh, he still got to the quarterback. And listen, he's he's done really well. Uh, this year, but, you know, I didn't expect the presence he had, um, you know, after he came back from that quad injury, which was a few weeks ago after the Ravens game. He was out for the Jaguars and the Seahawks, and now he's fully rested. I'm a little surprised that Cordell Flott did not play uh, defensively. Maybe we'll look at the uh, snap count, and he maybe tells a different story, but I didn't see Cordell Flott. Leonard Williams, I mean, he's still racking up some good stats. Uh, there was one play, I just remember it uh, right then and there, where um, Damian Pierce was given a, a, a toss to the left side. Leonard Williams is coming over from his interior spot, and he's grabbing uh, Damian Pierce from behind, making the tackle, man. I, I mean, this defense is it is so good. Um, you know, the stats will tell you, oh, they're only you know 17th against the pass and 24th against the run. Um you know, obviously, after this game, the passing defense, yards-wise, is going to go down um, because Davis Mills has 319 yards uh, on the stat sheet. But how much did that impact the game at all? I mean, pretty much in the fourth quarter, when the Giants were up, they were playing prevent defense. You know, just not don't get in the end zone. Uh, let them score field goals. You know, that's what it was. And Davis Mills... Um, you know, he threw the interception to Dane Belton, shots to Dane Belton. He did struggle a little bit, but he, you know, got the interception. That's a McKinney-type play. I mean, we saw how many times last year going deep with the ball against the number one corner, and it's just picked off by McKinney, uh, you know, against the Raiders, against the Eagles. Um, they also, I want to say, forced 
the first lost fumble for Damian Pierce in the season. Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but um, Leonard Williams came from behind. He knocked it out. Jalen Smith recovered it. So it was good to see the Giants not turn over the football. Obviously, we have to get better on special teams, punting and punt returning uh, within the next few weeks. Is the passing game, you know, needing to be elevated? I believe so, but that's going to be a separate subject. Um, so let's go right into the statistics here. Davis Mills, as I mentioned, 319 passing yards, um, 22 for 37, one touchdown, one interception, 8.6 yards per throw, four sacks taken. Love that stat right there uh, for the Giants, four sacks for 33 yards, 33.3 QBR and an 85.3 passer rating. And, you know, I'm going to say this, Daniel Jones has the highest passer rating recorded this season. Now, I'm going to be fair. They only passed it attempt-wise 17 times, but 13 for 17, I believe that's somewhere in the 70s of completion percentage, 197 yards, 11.6 yards per throw, two touchdowns, three sacks taken, 83 QBR, and 153.3 passer rating. Uh, we'll get into Daniel Jones once we go into the takeaways and all that. Houston rushing game. Uh, they had 101 yards rushing, and I said this in the preview show, and a lot of people said, oh, well, Damian Pierce is going to destroy us, this, that, and the other thing, whatever. Um, listen, he had a solid game. At the same time, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. Um, you know, the Texans' offense rushing-wise ranked 25th coming into this game. So, you know, it's not like where Saquon Barkley is solely carrying the Giants' rushing offense. Damian Pierce, I mean, he obviously is carrying them. It's just not a groundbreaking impact 100%. Um, you know, he doesn't have that carry level as Saquon Barkley does because Saquon obviously got more yards and we got down the field because of him. Um, but there's a couple of pick points you could take out because you can also say that Daniel Jones was the reason we got downfield in some of the drives. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Brandon Cooks had a rush for five and Rex Burkhead had a rush for two. Um, you take away the 44-yard carry. Damian Pierce had 16 rushes for 50 yards, I would say. So, you know, you obviously got to factor the 44-yard carry in there. That just speaks to Dexter Lawrence, but I'm going to get to that. Of course, save it for the takeaways. Saquon Barkley under 52 yards, a touchdown, 4.3 yards per carry, and uh, 35 carries overall. Daniel Jones had five rushes, 24 yards. His longest was the first down run. Uh, which obviously, you know, I know people are going to critique him on sliding, but you got to move the chains. You got to move the chains. Matt Breida had six carries for 20 yards, and Wondell Robinson had that ugly rush that uh, was five yards in the backfield. Uh, I'm pretty sure maybe uh, Mike Groh, Mike Kafka, and um, DeAndre Smith probably got on him saying, look, you need just to take the yards that are in front of you, not behind you. Uh, Jordan Akins was the leading receiver for Houston. He had a couple of nice uh, receptions, three receptions, 72 yards. I got them down the field. Chris Moore also had three receptions for 70 yards. Nico Collins had the touchdown, five receptions, uh, 49 yards. Brandon Cooks, he was kind of a factor, uh, four receptions, 37 yards. Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce alike had two catches for 28 yards. Uh, Philip Dorsett had two catches for 22, and Darius Ubumwale had one reception for 13 yards. O.J. Howard was ta targeted once, and he did not get a reception. Uh, Darius Slayton, which we'll talk about, three receptions, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, two receptions, 41 yards. Um, 
Tanner Hudson, three receptions, 24 yards. Wondell Robinson, two receptions, 20 yards, two receptions, nine yards for Lawrence Cager. One reception for eight yards for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, two targets, no catches. Obviously, we're going to talk about that in a negative light. And Chris Myrick, uh, one target, no catches. Uh, Fumble-wise, Damian Pierce had one. It was lost. It was recovered by Jalen Smith. And then Scott Questenberry fumbled. Well, he didn't fumble, but, um, you know, it was a bad snap, and Mills recovered it. They count that as a fumble, uh, ideally enough. Now we're going to go into team stats, then we'll go into defensive stats. I know it's, you know, some vice versa stuff, but that's the way we usually do it on here. So the Texans had 22 first downs. The Giants had 19. They had 15 passing first downs. The Giants had 8. Giants had 10 rushing first downs, 6 for Houston, 1 first down for penalties, terms of each team the Giants once again very solid on third down seven for 14 the Texans were only three for ten nobody went for anything on fourth down uh, obviously the Jack Anderson penalty negated any possible uh, fourth down conversion from the Giants Giants ran 67 plays 64 the Texans 367 total yards for the Giants 387 for the Texans um, 12 total drives for the Giants 11 for the Texans 5.5 yards per play uh, for the Giants, 6.4 for the Texans. Two uh, red zone attempts for the Giants, and they knocked it in. So, you know, obviously we would like to be a little bit more consistent. We'll talk about that with the offense, but hey, two for two. You can't necessarily be mad at that. Uh, red zone for the Texans, one for six. Interception, the fumble. Those are two big turnovers right there in the red zone. Um, and then, obviously, you have the one touchdown in Eagle Collins and some of the field goals as well. In terms of penalties, they did hurt the Giants in a way. Five penalties for 24 yards and seven penalties for 40 yards for the Texans. But it just seems like it hurt the Giants a little bit more. Um, two turnovers for the Texans, interception and a fumble. No special teams for defensive touchdowns. Possession, Giants 33-20 to 26-40 for the Texans. Now let's go into defensive stats. I'll go over the Houston Texans first. So Christian Kirksey... Uh, had eight total tackles, half a sack, and a quarterback hit. Jonathan Owens was their leading tackler with 12. Uh, Agbania Okwankwo had seven tackles, two tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. Uh, Jerry Hughes, four tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. Malik Collins, four tackles, half a sack, and a quarterback hit as well. Kurt Heinisch with a tackle for loss. Blake Cashman, two uh Two tackles, one sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. Uh, Thomas Booker, two tackles, with tackle for a loss. And then Mario Addison, also the quarterback hit. So I'm not totally mad at the Giants' offensive line. Um, in some cases, you know, I, I thought Tyree Phillips played okay. Andrew Thomas is obviously the stonewalling guy. I thought, I thought Feliciano was just a tad bit better. Um, you know, pass blocking we need to work on, obviously. But uh, six quarterback hits, not totally mad at that. And three sacks. Um, let's go to the New York Giants, and they had some pretty impressive stats overall. Um, so Leonard Williams, nine total tackles. I believe he was the leading tackler. So, you know, it's not very often you get a lead tackler who is your interior defensive lineman. Half a sack and a quarterback hit. Uh, Fabian Moreau, six tackles. Just to add that on as well, he gave up the touchdown. Uh, Jalen Smith had a quarterback hit also. He recovered the fumble, five tackles. Dexter Lawrence, five quarterback hits. I mean, this has to be one of his better performances, if not best on the season. He was held multiple times. 
I want to say the Bears game was also a pretty good performance. I mean, he's had he's had a fucking good year, but I want to liken this performance probably. There's a fly around me. Um, I want to liken this performance probably to the, the Bears game, and I just killed the fly. So if you heard clapping, it was me killing the fly. Uh, but this was probably similar to the Bears game performance, not taking away anything from him. So five tackles, tackle for a loss, um, five quarterback hits, and a sack. Jason Pinnock, he was, you know, very uh, he was very prudent for the Giants' defense, especially with Xavier McKinney out, the three safety looks, uh, four tackles, one and a half sacks, tackle for a loss, and two quarterback hits. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, not much of anything. Going to be fair there. Dane Belton with the interception. Jihad Ward. Another sack. I think he eclipsed uh, his sack record from last year, which I think was like one and a half. He has two on the season. I'm going to take a look at that right now. But he's had a very good year for the Giants. He has 12 career sacks, which you know tells you he's not much of a high sack guy. But going to pro football reference real quick. So he's got two sacks on the season, and he needs like two more to get a career high. So he had three sacks in Indy. In 2018, he also had three sacks with Baltimore in 2020, which obviously the Don Martindale effect. Um, so Jihad Ward, two quarterback hits, tackle for loss, and sack. Henry Mondoa to tackle for loss. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, quarterback hit. Also a uh, pass deflection. So it's pretty solid stats from the Giants defense overall. Four sacks, 12 quarterback hits. That has to be some sort of a season high. Once again, maybe next to the Bears game. That's why I really like in this, too. I think I think it's kind of a Bear game-like performance. The Giants rode the running game. Their defense played well. The Giants got to the quarterback a couple of times. But let's go into the takeaways if I miss anything. Offensively, so Daniel Jones records the best passer rating recorded on the season for any quarterback. And um, I'm going to talk about Saquon Barkley as well. And I thought Daniel Jones had a solid game. Uh, you know, he only passed the ball, attempting-wise, you know, 17 times. He did miss Galladay once. I'm going to give that, you know, as a mistake on him. Said, I need to give him the ball better. And then he also missed Slayton in the wide-open field, uh, which was wide open. He should have hit that. But you want a silver lining. You want a positive side. The next play, he says, you know what? I'm going to choke that up as a mistake. And I'm going to go out there and just ball. Uh, threw it right to Isaiah Hodgins. Got the Giants in the red zone. I think they converted uh, somehow. I, I want to say it was either the Saquon touchdown, which it most likely probably was. And then uh, there was another touchdown. So we had the Cager touchdown. No, it wasn't the Slayton touchdown. So it probably was the Saquon Barkley touchdown. But, you know, he choked it up as one mistake. And then he just threw it right to Isaiah Hodgins, who, you know, had a solid game. Uh, you know, was key in some areas. There was a tight window throw. Daniel Jones made it. And then the one down the field. So, uh, you know, he could be a, at least a, a solid number three, number four receiver for us. Uh, especially when we get some better receivers. And this is going to be the receiving core the rest of the year. Obviously, everybody wants to really be on that OBJ train. They want OBJ to come back to the Giants. You know, obviously after the Cowboys lost yesterday, it doesn't look that good for them, but I'm not going to go into that type of stuff. Overall, man, let's actually go to Saquon Barkley before we get to, you know, the summary of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he, I'm surprised at this, and I'm just going to make sure I'm correct. I'm not surprised that he has... Um, 
the most amount of rushing yards in the NFL. That's not what I'm surprised about. I am surprised that he is under 100 away from 1,000. And you know what? You could clips that next game. Obviously, the Lions may have some priority stopping the run. Their defense is bad overall. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop the run. Um, but he could eclipse 1,000, probably one of the first running backs to possibly clip a, eclipse 1,000 next week. So he's just been awesome. I, I know some people have had some doubts about bringing him back. I would bring him back. I mean, I think it's pretty much stamped in on the table right now. Obviously, we're you know talking about contract extensions, and it's going to be tabled to the end of the season. Um, but 35 carries, 152 yards, 4.3 yards per carry, a touchdown. His longest was 27, uh, 27 yard. I believe it was down the right sideline. I don't think it was down the left sideline, but you know, I, I could be wrong. Um, so what am I going to say about this whole passing running thing, whatever? I mean, we'll talk about it also as well at the end, because I do have a separate subject for it. I just feel like the Giants could have put up 30, and there was a ton of mistakes this game, offensively, defensively, whatever, more like, you know, offensively with the penalties, because uh, there was one or two holding penalties, false starts, so, you know, obviously Dable wasn't very happy about that, Jack Anderson uh, being the poster boy, but I just feel like if the Giants had some sort of balance, um, and I know this is nitpicking, we won the game, I'm very happy, but... Daniel Jones, it's not like he was being reckless with the football. He, may, he missed two throws. That's, you know, that's um, those are mistakes in itself. But the passer rating, you could chalk up to being efficient. And I think he was overly efficient. Once again, I personally believe that if you gave Daniel Jones the ball a little bit more, he'll make some good throws to Hodgins. You know, Lawrence Cager has become a factor, even though I think Giants fans are slightly overrating him. Um... You know, uh, Saquon Barkley factoring him in the passing game. Wondell Robinson get him involved a little more. I just wanted to see more, a little bit passing. Um, and I know obviously the game plan was run it down their motherfucking throats, and that's what they did. But you could have put up thirty. You could have put up thirty. I think the Giants could have had this in the bag earlier. And there was some you know play calling mistakes and the Giants being a little too predictable. Like after that Wandale Robinson play, they just go back to the run, which really, once again, I didn't understand because you're in a second and 15. You want to chalk up, you know, shorten your yardage. Obviously they're preparing for the run. So you want to uh, throw the ball there, maybe get about five to seven yards, put yourself in a third and manageable. Uh, obviously they didn't do that there. And there was a couple of situations. And I feel like a lot of the failed third down conversions was due to the fact that either the Giants put themselves in that position because they stopped the run at times, or it was because the Giants, um, I don't know if I just said it, but, you know, either it's a third down and long, Giants can't convert, which, you know, they use Daniel Jones. He's, he's okay, I'll say this. He's very good on third down, but he wasn't necessarily great on third down in terms of some situations. Um, but I'll chalk it up to this. If I haven't chalked it up already, I know I tend to repeat myself, but it's either a, they tried running it on third down and there were some third down stops by this Texans defense against the run. So you have to give them credit there. That's a B or it was third down and 10 third down and 15 and the giants, you know, like the sack, uh, by Blake Cashman where Daniel Jones just took it, uh, or there was Jerry Hughes. I forget which one, but you know, he took it. Because the time, you know, you want to not throw it away, not give the Houston Texans extra time. But the point is, 
is that they could have been a little bit more balanced, a little bit more, I don't want to say creative, but they could have had a lot of space to do other things if they passed the ball just a little bit more. And once again, Daniel Jones was solid. Uh, there's a lot of stats out there. I think there's a stat on the Giants' touchdown drives or the Giants' one touchdown drive. Saquon only had 15 carries for 54 yards. So I'm not going to sit here and say that those didn't equate in touchdowns. Um, and listen, Saquon was the cowbell back. He was the leading rusher in this game. All these other things. But... If you look on the stat sheet, I'm not trying to once again signal out Barkley as, oh, he wasn't important, but, you know, some of those touchdown drives, Daniel Jones, he put him there. The throw to Hodgins, the Slayton throw, I mean, he just tossed it up. And Slayton, you know, I have a lot of positive things to say about Darius Slayton. I didn't think he was going to be a factor. I wanted him to get the ball more. Uh, I'm so happy with Darius Slayton, but... You know, overall, Saquon Barkley being the cowbell back, this felt like the Bears game, even the Bears game last year, uh, where Barkley was, you know, rushing over 100 yards, being the cowbell type guy. And then Daniel Jones, I mean, I thought he could have had a little bit more of a solid game. Obviously, you know, people are not going to chalk it up in the record books because I think you have to have 20 passing attempts for that passer rigging and count. But hey, listen, you know, we got many more games to go. He's got many more games to prove himself as a solid passer in this league. So moving on, um, let's get the bad out of the way right now. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he was benched. He was benched. So the first play, the crosser, or it was something else, may have been the crosser. I mean, I he ran two kind of similar routes. Maybe I'm just uh, focusing it on one play. But there was a one play where, you know, it was outside of him. It was outside of him. Uh, Daniel Jones overthrew it a little bit. So I'm like, yeah, that's on Daniel Jones. Um, but I said, Hey, listen, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the game. And then he drops the pass and I work at a church. So it's, you can't scream, you can't curse and you know, all these other different things because it's echoey in, in the Basilica, but he, he just, there is no chemistry right there. Like, I don't know what it is. We see, oh, Kenny Galladay, you know, he's he's working out with Daniel Jones. I don't know what it is. There's just no chemistry there. There is no chemistry. Um, I, I just don't know anymore. Is he going to play games? Is he going to be inactive? Because $72 million and being a healthy scratch doesn't look good. But, you know, that's what the... That's what the casuals will say, but when they look at it, be like, okay, well, you know, he really shouldn't be playing over guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. Uh, maybe even Marcus Johnson as well. But his post-game presser wasn't necessarily uh, encouraging because he had this big positive attitude a few weeks ago. Yeah, I want to be a part of this uh, possibly 10-win team. And then now that he gets benched, didn't come out at all in the second half. He's like, um, the, the reporter asked him and said, uh, what did he say? Said something along the lines of, you know, you were benched in the second half. Do you think you should have played? He goes, I'm going to keep that answer myself. Obviously indicates that you're pissed off at the coaching staff. So we're back to square one again. It was it was fun to hype him up pregame, but we're all down to earth with this hype. Um, let's stray away from that because that's pretty much a dead topic in itself. Darius Slayton, great plays. Uh, yards after catch, like, 
no other. I mean, I think the chemistry is officially back between these two, Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton. Um, you know, you had the one play where Slayton was wide open in the open field. coming. Around, it was like a crossing route. I think it was like a dagger. One of those routes in breaking. And then he, I didn't, I just couldn't believe how wide open he was. And then he was still stretching it after the 20, got him inside the five. I believe that was, uh, that was the cager touchdown drive. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it was the cager touchdown drive. And then later on, I mean, we obviously know, we obviously know what he did. Um, Jalen Petrie just blatantly misses the tackle. He's just going down the sideline. I'm so happy for this kid, man. I mean, I hope the Giants bring him back as like, uh, you know, just an extra receiver, like a three or four. Because if they, you know, keep Daniel Jones, either way, he's a solid receiver. But if they keep Daniel Jones for next year, it's a guy he already has chemistry with. And you keep Saquon Barkley and you could just add a couple other extra receivers that have more talent than some of the guys we already have. Um, but great plays by Slayton. Not easy for both Daniel Jones or uh, Slayton themselves. You know, Daniel Jones was under pressure on that touchdown. Slayton just maneuvering out of the tackle because maybe if he's in a different spot, he gets tackled by Petrie, and we're talking about a punt. Um, but, man, you know, shout-outs to uh, Darius Slayton. Um, let's go into the tight ends and the O-line a little bit. Uh, Andrew Thomas with another solid game. Now PFF bumps him down to number two. Not something I really care about. I still think he's the best uh, offensive tackle, left tackle in the league. Chris Myrick. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch the film, I'm not going to lie to you, but I think a lot of fans, in my personal opinion, are getting carried away with this Lawrence Cager thing. Uh, he's a converted wide receiver. That's true. Uh, he scored the touchdown. Okay, listen, he's a solid weapon uh, when you place him in the slot or, you know, even manage him as a tight end, but he's not a very good blocker. Um, there was a couple of plays yesterday I did watch where Cager just got blown up in the backfield. So, you know, the New York Giants, the coaching staff have to recognize, okay, listen, he's a solid weapon. It's just that he's not good of a blocker. So, you know, you could – it's a tough situation because you either put Cager out there and you risk a running play going awry or you throw out seven to eight different offensive linemen and then they know you're going to either do a max protect pass or you're running the football. Now, I will admit – I was pretty intrigued by the fact that there were seven, eight different offensive linemen on certain plays. Jack Anderson, Matt Pert was playing, and I really love to see that. I know they uh, put Devery Hamilton as an inactive. I personally would like maybe Matt Pert to get some reps at right tackle, but he's coming off an ACL, so you can't really expect much. Um, Jack Anderson, obviously. Um, Nick Gates still getting some snaps in, so I, I like the creativity and the versatility of these different guys. Uh, Feliciano was okay. I thought he had some really good run blocks, but pass blocking, you know, it's still an issue. Uh, Glowinski, not great. Tyree Phillips was okay. Um, I thought there was one sack from that came from his side. And then Zudu, I didn't hone in too much on him. But honestly, if he didn't look impressive, it's kind of a worry because they ran the ball probably about 90% of the time. That's an over-exaggeration, by the way. Um, probably about 90% of the time. Actually, you know what? Let's look it up. So we, we passed the ball f uh, 17 times, 47. That's 64. So 47 divided by 64. 73% of the time. So we passed the ball, you know, 
73, 27% of the time. That's where Josh Azudu honestly should have succeeded because his run blocking is better than his pass blocking, but obviously uh, got to go back to the film on that one. So that pretty much wraps it up for the offensive side of the football going to the defense now. Let's talk about Dexter Lawrence. He is potentially a game wrecker against some of these bad interiors. Um, him and Leonard Williams, I I have really no words. And Williams is really starting to come on. Uh, he's got, even though it's half a sack, sack for a second straight week, Dexter Lawrence tipping passes, getting in the backfield. He was probably the most held player on the team. And usually you would say it's Thibodeau. But he is the most held player on the team coming off this game. How many times I just saw this? Or this? Sorry, I bumped my mic. Or this? Something like that. And you know what? He still was getting to the quarterback. You know, Leonard Williams was held on the running play that Jalen Smith recovered the fumble on. He was held and he forced the fumble. So, again, underrated. Underrated Two defensive interiors. I don't think Aaron Donald, and I know Aaron Donald gets triple teamed. I don't know if he's putting up this much production. The only defensive interior I could think of that's putting up as much production is Dexter Lawrence. Maybe you could say Leonard Williams too. I mean, I know he missed a couple of games due to the injury. Is Quinnen Williams, really. Um, you know, Quinnen Williams is doing his own thing with the Jets. But man, he is just lights out when he's on the field. And there were two plays... On, I, I think it was the first field goal drive by the Texans. I want to say it was the second or third drive of the game where they put in Justin Ellis. And Justin Ellis is known to eat double teams, be a half-decent run defender. Uh, he got mauled by two guys, double team, and that's where Damian Pierce sprung. They put Dexter Lawrence back in the game, and guess what? Tackle for a loss. And I thought Mundell actually played a solid game, Henry Mundell. Um, but as for... Dexter Lawrence, when he's not on the field, this team misses him. I know, obviously, you could chalk up some things maybe in the early weeks. Oh, you know, Leonard Williams is not here, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, the only thing I would attribute to missing Leonard Williams within those first few games was the fact that there wasn't as much interior pressure. And you could argue that Lawrence was making up for that as well. Um, Lawrence was also being double teamed, and, you know, he still gets double teamed. But I think, hot take... For some, if one of these two were to get injured again, now Lawrence, I don't think he's had an injury history, um, really hasn't with the Giants, probably has started every single game more close to that, and you know, it just makes me appreciate Wink Martindale, because the last few years, I mean, Dexter Lawrence was playing, oh, he's a defensive interior, oh, he's playing the defensive end, what the fuck you playing him at defensive end for, yeah, good for Patrick Graham, now he's blowing games with... Uh, the Raiders, and that's not spiting, it's just stating the truth. Why would you have him on the defensive end? Probably because, well, guess what? We didn't have pass rushers. Whatever the case may be, now he's playing at nose tackle, and he's on pace for, you know, he's already maxed out his career high in terms of sacks. He's got five on the season. Um, he had two half sacks, one with, I believe, Leonard Williams, and the other one, you know, I think it was with Jason Pinnock. So, going back to my point, if either Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams were to get injured, who would be missed the most? I think it'd be Dexter Lawrence. And he needs a Pro Bowl nomination immediately. Um, Jihad Ward, I appreciated the amount of uh, 
effort and the amount of production he had in this game. Obviously, once against the Texans, so you could chalk it up to a uh, battle line, this, that, and the other thing. But he was playing, you know, defensive interior. He was playing defensive end. He actually got a sack on Davis Mills. Um, this guy in the sack machine, he sets the edge in the run game and helps stop him. Jihad Ward is probably my favorite role player on this team. He brings the energy. He brings a production. He sets the edge. I've got a lot of great things to say about Jihad Ward. Um, I would like to see a little bit more Tibbs production. He was being held that play that went downfield to Brandon Cooks um, towards the left sideline. I believe it was on a Dory, but Tibbs was getting held. He was getting double teamed and he was getting held and he was trying to reach rusher, but they had him around the chest and I don't get it. Um, I understand once again, the NFL is trying to come out and really have more offensive production, but this is getting ridiculous where the Giants should make some calls if they haven't already. Listen, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but Tibbs is constantly being held and you could have a better product of the game possibly if. Tibbs gets as many, you know, sacks as holding penalties or pressures or whatever. But, um, you know, we'll see down the stretch. He'll probably take all of his anger out um, from the holding penalties and just use it as a multi-sack game. Hopefully that comes. I, maybe the Colts game, maybe the Lions game. We'll see. Uh, O'Shane's presence was felt. It was a couple of times in the running game. He actually made some plays. And uh, in the passing game, I don't know how much he played in terms of snaps. We'll get to that. But there was that, once again, the the fumble, incomplete pass. I was uh, sort of confused in a way whether it was going to be an incomplete pass or a fumble. But it just shows, you know, he was, he was coming down. Whether he was facing a tight end or he was facing Titus Howard. Uh, I personally like the O'Shane Zimenez we're seeing this year. I think... Even though I think he's got like two sacks on the season, three sacks maybe, he is having a year where I think the defense A is playing well and he's being maximized to his strength. Uh, other than Jalen Smith, I didn't see the linebackers flash a ton like Michael McFadden didn't make any eye-opening plays. Same thing could be said for Tay Crowder if he played at all. I mean, I didn't see him too much. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see him too much. Um But Jalen Smith obviously recovered the fumble. He would have recovered the fumble had it been called the fumble. Um, with the O'Shane Zimenez thing, but you know Jalen Smith ha had a he had a solid game. You know, not too eye opening um, in coverage, not too great. But hey, listen, he's not really a coverage linebacker. He's more of the tackling type. Dane Belton, now he did struggle in coverage, um, had a few missed tackles. There was one play where I think it was Ogumuwale or Aikens or one of these guys coming out of the backfield. Aikens probably not because he's a tight end, um, but it was either Pierce or it was either. Wally coming out of the backfield and it was just you know first down and you know Belton missed the tackle but I'll give him credit listen he got his first career interception and we were concerned well who's gonna play the center field spot it was love for a couple of plays it was Pinnock for a couple of plays you know they had rotate a rotation uh with between the safeties but Dane Belton made an Xavier McKinney like play where you know down the field Mills knows that he uh, he's looking he's Thinks he's got his man beat, right? Um, I think that was intended for Collins or Cooks. He throws it. Now, credit again, Dexter Lawrence, because he hit Davis Mills on this play, forcing the, the throw, and maybe it was a little wobbly. Belton comes over, gets the interception. I mean, once again, we saw that last year with McKinney. I'm not saying he's Xavier McKinney, but the interception against the Eagles, 
the interception against the Raiders. Both of those were alike. Going downfield, reading it, picking it off. So Dane Belton, even though he struggled in coverage and some missed tackles, uh, the Giants have something special at the safety position for years to come. And adding on to that, Jason Pinnock, I thought he was just going to have some minimized role, you know, factoring in not too much of an impact. Well, guess what? He had one and a half sacks. He was the Giants' leading sacker on the day. One and a half sacks. He single-handedly took down Davis Mills towards the end. Uh, they were going to go for Fugel anyway, but he just took him down. He they, they were throwing like this cover zero look at him again. And, you know, they had all their guys going in. And then he just coming out of that secondary. And Mills didn't even know what fucking hit him. Um, good ball security, at least on that play by Davis Mills. But, uh, man, Jason Pinnock, he's been such an awesome pickup by the New York Giants. And really, you could attribute that to Joe Shane and all these different guys in the front office. Jason Pinnock, uh, Tyree Phillips has been solid. Uh, Jalen Smith, Lawrence Cager. Some of these different guys that they've picked up, I think they picked up like 10 to 15 different guys after the waiver wire or at least during the waiver wire and you know after the preseason cutdown. They've found some really nice role players. They've found some really nice starting pieces. Jalen Smith. Um, a, a former Cowboy, Fabian Morell. Listen, he gave up that touchdown, but I didn't have a problem the way he played. Your corner two is going to get beat once in a while. He got beat by uh, Mark Andrews, and he got beat by Nico Collins, and he's locked up pretty much most of this year. You're not expecting a Pro Bowl caliber corner in Fabian Moreau, but he's solid. He is a very solid corner, and I'm not ripping on him. Listen, obviously, you know, he got beat by the double move by Nico Collins, but overall, he's been a solid guy, and that's... What I really appreciate out of the front office, they're bringing in guys uh, that are off the street, and they bring them in, and they're solid role players for us. And the, and the coaches work well with these guys, bringing them in and making them feel at home in terms of the scheme and in terms of the culture as well. Um, so moving on, let's go to uh, the stock up, stock down. We'll go to a snap count, and then is the run game sustainable? I do want to talk about it at the end. So stock up. Uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, O'Shane Zimenez, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Adoree Jackson, Jason Pinnock, uh, Jihad Ward, Henry Mundo. I wonder if I missed anybody. Probably not. Uh, stock down linebackers, Kenny Galladay. Well, Jalen Smith I could actually probably add to the stock up section. Um, stock down the other linebackers, I would say. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson, Lawrence Cager, and Justin Ellis. Ellis, obviously, he's kind of like the Danny Shelton, but they're not using him as much as they did with Danny Shelton last year, which was, you know, horrible. Uh, Lawrence Cager, yes, he caught the touchdown, but he's not a very good blocker. Uh, Kenny Galladay, we know the reasons. And Wanda Robinson, maybe it's the fact that they're leaning on this running game. And, you know, actually, you know what? I do want to talk about it once we get to um, the running game subject and the passing game subject, but I do want to go over the snap counts. So Daniel Jones, Mark Lewinsky, Tyree Phillips, Josh Azudu, Andrew Thomas, John Feliciano, all those guys played 100%. Saquon Barkley, 80%, sharing it with Darius Slayton. Wandale Robinson, 75%. Lawrence Cager, 65%. Isaiah Hodgins, 62%. Uh, Kenny Galladay, 38%. They were playing him a ton, a ton in the first half, but his drops ruined it. His drop, I should say. Chris Myrick, 23%. 20% uh, for Matt Breida. Nick Gates, 19%. Tanner Hudson, 16%. Matt Parrott, 7%. Same thing for Jack Anderson and Marcus Johnson. 
uh, at 6%. I really, and this is my honest opinion, this isn't just trying to, you know, stray from the popular opinion. I just, I don't think they should stray away from Tanner Hudson. I don't think that Giants fans should overrate Cager. And I'm not trying to doubt his receiving ability. He's got a solid receiving ability, like, like Tanner Hudson, like some of these other guys we've seen. He's a former wide receiver, but he's not a good blocker. Um, you know, you could argue Cager has more of a receiving ability uh, than Tanner Hudson, but maybe Hudson has a little bit of a better blocking ability than Cager, and that's not saying much. But if you ask me who I would take once um, Daniel Bellinger comes back, I would definitely go ahead and take Tanner Hudson. My personal opinion, I need to see more from Cager, but... Overall, other than the touchdown, I just didn't think it was a good game from Gager. My personal opinion. And I know Giant fans will maybe rip on me. I don't know. Um, so you look at the defense. Julian Love, Adoree Jackson, and Dane Belton played 100% all across the board. Uh, Leonard Williams, 92%. Dexter Lawrence, 91%. Fabian Murrow, 88%. Kayvon Thibodeau, 81%. O'Shane Zimenez, 73%. Jihad Ward, and Jalen Smith, 64%, 59% for Darnay Holmes, 56% for Micah McFadden, 36% for Jason Pinnock, 34% for Henry Mundo. That's quite a ton of snaps. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind him. I, I wouldn't mind him over Justin Ellis, but I don't know if they play the same position because I think Ellis is more of a DT, and uh, you know Mundo's more of a defensive interior. Uh, Nick McLeod, 20%. Tamon Fox, 20%. Um, something interesting, you know what, never mind, I, I just misread it, um, take Crowder, 3%, that's, uh, even though they're using a lot of these three safety sets, that's a little telling, but my thing, just to end the show, and this isn't necessarily trying to be negative or whatever, it's that I don't think this running game is sustainable, now, Saquon Barkley, one of the best backs in the NFL, if not the best right now, his rushing yards leads the NFL, He's on pace for, like, probably 2,000 scrimmage yards again. But I kind of said this in the preview show, and I'm going to reiterate it now. You kind of need to see what you have in Daniel Jones, and I thought this game could have been, at least on a balanced standpoint, okay, Daniel Jones looks solid. Um, this is a passing league. You're going to be facing some tough defenses as we go along. Uh, I don't know how Washington is in terms of stopping the run. Philly will probably have Jordan Davis back by the time we face them. The Cowboys, they'll probably stop the run really well. So I guess they're trying to say or, you know, really pound the run in the now. Like kind of a living in the moment thing. Living in the moment of, okay, we can run the football like this. But the problem with that is, are you really preparing Daniel Jones for some of these games? He might have to pass like 25 to 30 times, which I don't know the amount of passes in terms of most he's had this season, in terms of attempts. Um, but I think we need to start passing it a little bit more next game. Uh, Detroit is bad against the run. They're also bad against the pass. They're worse against the run, but nonetheless, they're not very good against the pass. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, he had 197 yards on 17 attempts, 100, uh, excuse me, 11.6 yards per throw. That's the most since the Saints game last year. So chalk it up as Daniel Jones was more than efficient, just he wasn't necessarily given the reps. And once again, I'm not trying to take away anything from Saquon Barkley or the functionality of this running game, but 
It's not totally sustainable. Just going to say that right there. Uh, I would like Wandale Robinson to be involved a little bit more. He's a rookie. He's a second-round pick. I don't know what it is. We keep using him on these rubs, and it's fine and all. But what about over the middle? What about some of these other route concepts you can do? I'm just a little disappointed in that. Um, hopefully he gets used down the stretch, but his most amount of catches probably is like five this year, and that was against the Ravens. So I just would like to see him a little bit more utilized for a second-round pick. Um, hopefully he could be better with running his routes or whatever the issue is there. But Giants win 7-2. and two. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or video drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later, and stay cool. All right, real quickly. I didn't expect to do a second take of this, um, or at least an add-on, but the Giants have you know, done a couple of roster moves here. Uh, we talked about how Henry Mondo was a big factor in the game. Well, he's been signed to the 53-man roster. Radarius Williams, someone I've been waiting on in terms of impact. Uh, he's been activated from IR. Dev Hamilton and Justin Lane have been cut from the 53. Lane really didn't see a lot of playing time other than Special teams and the uh, Packers game where both corners were injured. Um, Devery Hamilton was obviously inactive, so he could end up on the practice squad. Will Holden was cut from the practice squad. I would value Devery Hamilton a little bit more than Will Holden. And they still have one spot to go, so you could say that they might activate Shane Lemieux or Tony Jefferson, both eligible, eligible to be activated off IR. So, interesting. Going to be interesting. Um, you know... Obviously, you kind of had to make a move with Hamilton, knowing that, A, he was on the bench, B, um, you know, you got Matt Parrott now, who can play both sides. Tyree Phillips can play interior and right tackle. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future. Peace out. Stay cool. See you later. Let's go Giants.